Goodness gracious, end of June already? I mean, 2020 is in a hurry to get done and over with. We're already at the half year mark. It's like crazy. And yet, I don't want it to be over. I don't know about you. I want this year to be marked deep into our skin and into our psyche. There has to be a before and after 2020. We had COVID-19, which changed the way we live and has given a planet a breath and the Black Lives Matter resurgence that will hopefully this time around change our societal makeup forever as well. So really, I don't want this year to be over so quickly. So half year mark, summer 2020, let's get this going. We are in our second week of the podcast since we relaunched last week so i wanted to thank everybody who's been showing the love listening to the podcast sending messages and all that stuff it goes really straight to my heart i'm telling you this is all for you and through me helping you open your eyes on how beautiful and powerful you are in your tall body it helps me see that too and a special thank you to Flavia Arantes for her amazing kind words all the way from Brazil. I tried to pronounce your na name correctly, Flavia, but, you know, I do my best. She writes, Hi, Marilyn. It is with lots of gratitude I come here to drop you this message. I was literally crying seeing your profile and listening to your podcast, and actually, I am still crying. I have been struggling with my body difference my entire life. Recently, I decided to change and take steps on this. I wish to see the day I will be able to talk about this freely, but it is a topic I try to avoid frequently. Recently, I decided to change and slowly I am becoming better. I started a blog and I'm learning how to embrace my tallness. Well, Flavia, you're doing all the right steps and this is how we do this. We need to talk about it. We need to just get your words out there because you will help one person just as I did helping you. I mean, you reached out to me with this beautiful message and I could not thank you more for that because it goes straight to my heart. It shows me that what I'm doing is the right thing to do for you, for me, and hopefully for so many other tall women out there and women with a difference. And a special thank you to Maya Frudian from Sweden, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly because I'm half Swedish and I speak Swedish. So I think that's correct. You reached out and you said, I'm a 1 meter 90 opera singer from Stockholm. As a young woman, it was such a challenge choosing to go into the stage performing industry with all the ideas on how women need to be shorter than the male singers. But I've kept on singing and find it more and more important to also show that diversity and to question those ancient stereotypes. It's still a struggle sometimes, but I find it so inspiring and empowering to see people like you out there. Well, thank you so much, Maya. I know exactly what you mean. I was a stage actress as well. I was on TV and film, and I know the feeling. So you continuing and you being out there and showing your talent is such a gift to all of us. I let it cloud my judgment. I let it cloud my talent. I believed what I heard when I went into castings, when I heard you know, people 
comment on my height at the job itself or being offered only roles of the tall blonde girl which sadly I accepted because I was at the point in my life where I would just do anything to be seen to be heard um, and I know the feeling and I'm very proud of you Maya to continue on singing and showing and sharing your talent because it's not it's not because you want me to 90 that you don't have talent and that you don't have something to say and that you don't have feelings. So keep at it and please share it with all of us as much as you can. Ah, that felt good. Thank you, Maya. And thank you for everybody else who have been reaching out and listening to the podcast. I have to say, go straight to my heart. Again, I will always repeat that. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes or anywhere, any of the platforms that you listen your podcasts on, because that is the only way that other tallies can find us. So the T factor, tall factor, we need your reviews out there so that I can help as many other tall people out of the norm uh, as much as possible. So this week, I am telling you, is a very special episode. It's a real treat, definitely one for me, but also for the hundreds of thousands of super engaged followers that today's guest has across her platform. Today, we're going to get to know Zana Van Dyke, who is the Jaguar of UK influencers. And I choose my brand correctly. I could have said Rolls Royals. I cannot pronounce it. She is the Jaguar because she's British. Oops. She's from... No, she, I don't know. British. Well, she's from the UK. Let's just say it that way. And, <laughs> uh, and she's just amazing, just like the car. Cosmopolitan UK recognized her for two years straight as the second most impactful influencer using her voice for doing good. She's a top fitness influencer who happens to be six foot two, just like me. So a lot of tallies follow her. But not only that, she reaches across the board to everybody who wants to lead a more sustainable life. She's a productivity wizard and now started sharing all of her good tips on keeping your finances in check. That girl, I'm telling you, is everywhere. And if you don't know her because you're not tall or because she, every tall person online knows who she is. But so if you don't know her, you should. She's wiser beyond her years, set on a laser-focused mission to help us make knowledgeable choices for a better life in and for this world. Better eating, better exercising, better consuming. I'm telling you, her followers love her to Petra, Jordan, and back, where she was supposed to have taken a group of us this past March to discover this gem of country until everything got canceled because of COVID. This was my birthday treat to myself as I'm a March baby. Yes, Aries, all the way. I've kept my spot for next year, so I'll be joining them for my next year birthday treat. What intrigued me with Zana is her confidence and her drive, clearly using her body to her advantage and having come to a place of not giving two shits about haters. So what do you say? Let's listen in to learn about her life and blogging journey. Zana, it's such a pleasure to have you on the T-Factor podcast. Thank Thank you for coming. No, I'm so happy to be here. You are my first (laughs) London podcast guest since I moved from New York. 
a few months ago. And I have to say it has taken me a little longer than I thought it would to get settled in. So I'm really excited that you're my first guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Thank you I'm for really excited. The call. Yeah, you're like, what is this thing about the tall girls? <laughs> Yes, we have noise coming from everywhere. Yes. There might be a toilet sound also, by the way. Um, apparently, when we were setting up, I think it's the toilet or is it the shower? I don't know. But there's going to be some to... Zen water flowing and we're just going to own it own and enjoy it. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a blogger with a purpose. I found you, just to give a little bit of perspective to the listeners, I found you a few months ago, probably last spring when I was... Uh, I don't know, on Instagram, uh, checking it out, checking Nathalie Matthews. She has Height of Fashion. I don't know if you know this uh -huh. brand. It's yeah, a brand yeah. from Australia. And so she was also on the podcast. So I was looking at her Instagram and it was just at the time where I was complaining that I couldn't find any fitness for tall girls and there was ah. nobody else that I could relate to. And every time I went to a class, I would get injured because everybody was going up and down, left and right so fast that I would get my, my left knee hurt. And I was just fed up. And then I found you. Oh my goodness. And now I am hooked. I have to say everything you do, I follow. I have all of your um, sculpt guide, number Yay. one, number two. Every time I go to the gym, I have a program waiting for me. And, um, and the list of all the things that you do is very long, just as long as you are, 62. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I don't want, I want to make you justice. So it's hard to introduce yourself. You know, I find it a challenge because I'm not naturally somebody who celebrates themselves. So I find it really awkward being like, oh, I've done this and I've done this. But basically I'm a blogger with a purpose, as you said. So I like to try and use my platform to talk about issues which are important to me from women taking care of their body, moving their body through to eating a more plant-focused diet, through to travel, sustainability, uh, female finances, like everything that I care about, I talk about on my platform. Um, I also have a sustainable swimwear brand called Stay Wild Swim, which is made of regenerated ocean plastic. And yeah, I've got a few other strings in my bow. I also have my own podcast um, with the BBC. And that's probably a little summary, a little nugget of so what I do. So you see what I'm saying? Like Zana is talking the talk and walking the walk for <laughs> sure. Uh, but here we want to talk also about from um, uh, the height perspective, because I do like to discuss this um, difference. I call it a difference, but it could, uh, some people have more of a um, experience or different kinds of experiences with height. So I want to know about your experience growing up here. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Yorkshire. So the north of England. North of England. Yeah. So do you want my general growing up experience or my height growing up experience? Both. Both. Because okay. we also talk about where you come from affects how you feel about your height. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of my experience with being tall. So I was just like an average height until maybe I was 15. And then I remember I had this one summer and you know, growing pains. Do you get crazy growing pains in your legs? And my daughter has those. I yeah. don't. I oh never did. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my really? God. They were awful. I'm glad you're telling me because I don't like, believe her. I'm like, what oh, are you doing? Why are you complaining? Yeah. <laughs> it's no. literally really? like stabbing pains in your legs. No. Like awful, awful, awful. So I had that for like this one, well, I had it for a few years, but this one summer was when I first started getting them. And I came back to school and I was the tallest person in school. I like came back after one summer and I'd gone from average to the tallest. <laughs> and I was just like, absolutely massive um I think I was probably maybe at that point like six foot I'm now six foot two so I only gained a couple of inches since then but it was one and you still grew after 15 years old yeah 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 so I think I so reached weird. like six two 
like just before I went to uni, but I was a late bloomer in every sense. So like everything. Did you have your, we also talk about period here, sorry, but yeah. did you get your period because it does matter? I got it later. Um, and we've asked, I, on my podcast, we spoke to a like feminine health expert and I told her that I got mine when I was like 15 and a half. Mm. Um, and she said, that's actually because I was so slim. I, so I was very long and then tiny so i was like very 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 slim and the reason you get your period is because you reach a certain weight and then your body basically acknowledges that you're in a healthy state to carry a baby so that's when you start your period and i didn't reach that weight until i was like 15 and a half oh my god you're gonna make me cry because i'm going through <laughs> these issues with my daughter right now she's 10 years old and and yeah. she's extremely skinny and i'm yeah are, were you very skinny very 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 skinny but I just like couldn't keep weight on because I was just oh you were so, eating oh I was eating so it's much. not like you didn't want to eat you, oh yeah. my god no well I, were... I ate I used to be like a family-sized pack of shortbread biscuits like I just <laughs> loved food but I just couldn't keep weight on because I was very active very slim metabolism on fire so yeah I just started my period super late and um I blossomed in every sense super late so I did keep growing until my late teens and honestly I never had any issue with being tall, I never thought of myself as tall. Right. And even when I came back to school after that summer and I was the biggest person in school, apart from this guy who was called Tower, who was seven foot, um, <laughs> I was the tallest girl in school. See, that's and why they call us, Tower. Yeah, so his, but his name was actually Matthew Tower. So it just, oh, no. it just, it just fitted him. <laughs> um, but like, we were both the, the two tallest people in school, but nobody ever really made a comment. I remember one teacher said like, oh, you've blossomed and like, you, you've, you're tall now, Zanna. But nobody ever really said anything. So I've never been self-conscious about my height. And I actually get a lot of messages from women now saying to me like, Zana, how are you self-confident in your height? How do you like feel so comfortable in your skin? And I'm like, honestly, I find it hard to not feel confident in my skin because I've never had anybody criticize me for it. And like, I've always had people just like say, oh, you're tall. But I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's just a feature of who I am. It doesn't define me. Um, and it's not a negative thing. But yeah, I've never really been self-conscious about it. I I think I was went to a small school. Nobody really mentioned it. The main thing I got like bullied for was my hair because my hair is so blonde that I was called Whitehead. Yeah, I had um, that too. So <laughs> I was like Zana the Whitehead. Um, but nobody ever said anything about my height. That was never an issue. So I've always been pretty confident, which I think is a blessing because I know so many women who aren't. Who are very tall. Yes, exactly. And that's mm. why I <laughs> that is why I started the T Factor podcast because mm. it's never talked about. Yeah. Uh, quite often tall women are not really given the permission to even have an issue with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing that I find fascinating about height is that everybody feels comfortable to comment on it. Yes. Um, whereas I'm like, I don't comment on anybody else's height. I don't go up to a really petite person and say, yes. wow, you're, you're short. short. Yeah, I know. Like, How I, short I, are you? I would never say that. Yeah. But then literally every single person I ever meet guaranteed, every single person will make a comment. Mm -hmm. Like even this morning, I was on a different podcast and somebody, the person who greeted me just went, oh, wow, I knew you were tall, but I didn't realize you were this tall. Yeah. And it's just that comment will happen on every occasion that I meet somebody new. I will get that comment passed. But I'm now at a position where I hear it. I meet new people every day because of my job. So I hear it maybe 10 times a day from strangers, mm -hmm. new connections. And I just switch off to it. I just laugh it off. I'm like, yeah, I know I am really tall, aren't I? And then just move on. <laughs> but so but so when people reacted and, and started telling you, oh, you should play basketball, you should play volleyball, you oh, should do yeah. this, you should do that, you should be this, you know, or you should be a model. Yeah. How does that 
affect you or did because yeah I got that a lot I got a lot of people telling me I should be a model when I was like 15 16 17 and then I was like I don't think I'm going to be um I did join a modeling agency when I moved to London just for extra cash did some jobs but that did you manage to work or you were too tall no I worked um but I did a lot more uh like film I did some film bits rather than actual photography so I did more like film campaigns but if that was fine that was just extra cash but the only reason I really thought about doing that is because everybody tells you you're tall she's a model I never would have considered it any other sense Mm. but yeah a lot of people who meet me because I'm into sport and I'm into fitness will say oh you should be a rower and then if I, if I say that I don't row, they're like, that's such a waste, such a waste, such a waste of you because you should be a rower. And I'm like, well, I don't have to be anything, actually. I can just train how I want to train. There is a <laughs> uh, silent permission around the world that you can actually comment about. Yeah, yeah, it is really crazy. And something else which um, I get a lot of messages about is the fact that my boyfriend is shorter than me. I don't know if he wants to touch on that. But, I know, um, I love that. Yeah. Last, uh, you did a post <laughs> and said, you know what? This is how we look. This is who we are. And... Uh, You I don't know. care. We don't care, exactly. No, like I'm six foot two. I don't even know how tall Ant is, but I think he's like five nine. Yeah. So there's like a massive, yeah, there's a massive difference yeah. there. Yeah. And plus I wear heels. So then it just looks like he's my child. But to be honest, I don't care. And I never notice it. And actually when I used to date, so I used to be a serial dater before I met him, um, I would only date people who were taller than me. And I really? I was like only tall men. And I would put on my bio on all these dating apps, like six foot two, as if like, don't talk to me if you're shorter than that sort of thing. Um, and well, then, that is interesting, I have to say. because Yeah. You, and now, very... but then basically what happened was I, I met him. He didn't tell me how tall he was. I never asked him. It wasn't a oh, so you made conversation him on, on one on of this those. App. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what everybody does in London. Right. Um, so I met him on this app, met him in person. And then... When I saw him in person, I was like, oh, it's a bit shorter than me. But we got on so well. But sorry, how did he sneak in and, you know, don't <laughs> read me if you're shorter than six foot two. Did he just pretend? He or just, what? No, he just didn't mention it. We didn't talk about yeah, it. Okay. And he just walked up to this date. <laughs> so and I was like, sneaky. oh, oh, okay. And he didn't care. And I didn't care. And he didn't that. care at all. No. And he loves how tall I am. Aww. He tells me to wear my heels. And I'm like, really? babe. So, Aww. yeah, I think it's actually really nice now. And I... I, for the first few months, I was like a bit conscious about it because I'd never mm-hmm. dated a smaller man. Um, but we've been together for four and a half years now and I never, ever, 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 ever think about it. Right. It's just not But people do think about it mind. for you. Yeah, people pass comment, but... I find people pass comment mostly on how tall I am. They never really pass comment on the fact that there's a tall difference okay. between us. Um, so I don't think Aunt, my boyfriend, I don't think he ever feels judged. I think people just yeah. pass comment on me for being right. so tall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I get a lot of messages online from women saying, oh, how do you have the confidence to date someone shorter than you? And I'm, the, ultimately what I always say is, societal norms are a rule that we've been told but just doesn't really exist right that's just a a made-up rule Mm -hmm. so to say that the man has to be taller than the woman who made that up like who set that law nobody it isn't a law and it isn't a rule so why are we choosing to believe that and imagine if you met the love of your life but they were half a foot shorter than you would you not let yourself love them can you imagine because of the height of course not so i just think Screw societal norms. Like, yeah, I agree. Love who you want to love. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that was a big rant. <laughs> so you started blogging about, what was it, seven years ago? Yeah, seven and a half years. Which is pretty much the beginning. It was, you, you really caught the wave at the right time, I guess. Yes, yes. And, uh, but you're a very prolific <laughs> blogger. And um, you started blogging. What, what did, why did you want to start blogging? 
I have blogged for as long as I can remember. I started blogging actually when I was like 13. Um, so I used to code web pages when I, when I was like 11, 12. I'm a massive nerd, right? So 11, 12, I'd like code web pages. And then 13, this site originated called Live Journal, um, which is before Blogspot, before before blogs. This was like a live, you can even put photos and it was just like a written journal online. So that was my first blog. Uh-huh. Then I did a blog spot. Then I did a fashion blog. And then I did a beauty blog. Fashion blog on what, what fashion? Just like Anything? daily outfits. Yeah. It's like outfit posts every day. Um, so I did that and that did quite well. And then went to university, did a bit of a beauty blog. Honestly, I've had a blog pretty much every day since I was 12. I just liked the online oh. world. Um, so I always knew I was going to do it as a hobby. And then when I finally started my fitness one when I was maybe 19, 20, 20 maybe. Um, that's the one that stuck. And that's the one where I was there at the time that the blogging industry actually became an industry. Right. And then that's when I made it into my job. So yeah, it's always been a hobby, but I just did it alongside everything else. So you started fitness uh, blogging, but you were also a fitness coach. So, that so actually I was... Meaning I you started... know what you're talking about. Well, no. So that's 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 not that's not what happened so I was studying at uni um and I was studying speech science so I was qualifying as a speech and language therapist specializing in stroke rehabilitation so that's what I did at uni um wow yeah so I did a bachelor of medical science that's what I studied you are a nerd I am a nerd (laughs) (laughs) but I just did the blogging alongside it because I was into fitness um I had this boyfriend who's a bodybuilder and he basically got me lifting weights and I was like oh this is quite cool and then that's what I started blogging about and then that was my hobby alongside my degree you're kidding um and then by the time I finished my degree I've been blogging for two and a half years about fitness and then basically I had the option of I can go and be a speech therapist go work for the NHS go down the normal designated route or this personal training company contacted me and said hey do you want to move to London and we'll give you a personal training course and help you get your qualifications and like because your blog was already getting traction yeah it was starting to grow so I was like hmm right I can either follow the normal trajectory or I can just take this absolutely massive risk which my mum really didn't want me to do and just go to London and see what happens and that happened in January and I said to my mum if I haven't made enough money to support myself by September I will go back to uni do a master's and like continue education um, and she said okay fine and within a couple of months I was supporting myself and the blogging industry was starting to form and I'd done a deal with Nike and all of these cool things were happening and I was like yeah I'm just gonna stay here I'm just gonna stay with blogging and I think it was a scary moment I felt confident I think it was just scary for my parents to see their daughter who had done so well in education to then turn around and be like actually I'm not gonna do yeah Yeah, I'm gonna go online and take pictures of myself doing (laughs) squats (laughs) mum's just like all right (laughs) I'm like I swear there's more to it than that mum but um yeah I think they just didn't really understand and they never really understood it until I wrote a book and then when I wrote my book they were like oh okay you're legit now you're like doing all right um but until then I think they were just absolutely baffled by the whole industry Plant, the the plant-based book yeah no the um hard copy it? book so I actually this is back in 2016 I published a full-on book um yeah it was called strong and it was all about women lifting weights and yeah sold really really well it was a bestseller so I released that back in 2016 and that's when my parents were like oh okay like you're actually you, you have a real job and lifting weights when you started lifting weights did you uh, were you afraid they was going to start to bulk you up I know you were slim but uh, did, did you have that apprehension of 
No, I think because I had a bodybuilder boyfriend when I first started, he was just like, you're never going to really bulk up because of the way that you're built and the fact that you're female and you don't have the hormonal profile of a male. So you're not going to bulk up that much. So I never worried about that. And I never have bulked up. And even though I've lifted super heavy in my time, I've never really bulked up. So I don't worry about that. At yeah, because you, you do offer your in your exercises, mm. um, you do lift quite a bit of weights. Yes. Which is uh, which is super interesting because we, you know, maybe I come from a time where we thought that uh, lifting weights bulks you up and mm-hmm. uh, and it's so the contrary on the you know it, it makes you so much stronger yes and um, you are yeah. all about everything about empowerment you know when I look at you when I look at your feed it really is about empowerment in the way that you that you live your life basically with the sustainability the mm-hmm. plant-based and the fitness and it's just power 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 powerhouse yeah that's that's what I try to do and I'm I'm happy to empower women to lift weights because I think not only does it make you feel like a badass, but it's actually really good for your it health. It does. Um, it's really, really important for our bone density as women. As we mature, yes, we yeah have higher risk of osteoporosis, et cetera. So it's just really important for us to put our body through resistance training. You don't have to go super duper heavy. I just enjoy that. Me too. Um, but you have to lift some weights or do some form of resistance. Otherwise, your body will feel the implications of that in the future. So it's just really important to try and put some... Um, stress through your muscles in a positive way yeah and in a positive way I like the way you say it Mm. um sustainability I want to talk about that yes how did you get into into that and again you guys are not going to be surprised that Zana is walking the walk and when I mean she organizes beach cleanups around the world and she has this uh, bathing suit line is done with uh recycled plastic yes and you just never stop no 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 um So I, it all started sustainability wise when I started eating a plant focused diet. Um, so I watched this. Oh, so it was linked. Yes. So I, I did that because I watched this documentary called Cowspiracy. Yeah, I know. Um, so I watched that and I was like, oh, okay. okay, There's this link between what you eat and, and nature and implications on nature. And I was somebody who was raised on a farm in Yorkshire, like love nature, love David Attenborough was thinking Oh, what I'm eating isn't aligning but with love meat. Yeah, exactly. Meat. Oh my god, so much meat. I would right. eat like three chicken breasts a day. So I was thinking, what I'm eating isn't aligning with my values. Um, so I decided that I was gonna reduce my meat consumption. Next thing you know, I think it was seven or eight months later when I was vegan. Um, so it was a slow transition from full-on meat eater to plant-based, but in that journey of me turning plant-based, I got really interested in sustainability. Um, I mainly focused on plant-based diets for the first maybe uh year or so of my journey and then actually so I used to be a global ambassador for Adidas and they took me to New York for the launch of a trainer made of ocean plastic and at that launch a guy did a speech who was the founder of Parlay which is a really um, amazing organization and then a guy did a speech who was the founder of Sea Shepherd who I'm now an ambassador for and basically they spoke about ocean plastic and the health of the oceans and this was something that I had never heard about this is back in 2017 2018 before anybody had really spoken about it uh, before the blue planet effect um so i watched these talks and i said do i'm allowed to swear oh shit oh yes um i i've been ignoring so many other things and a plant-based diet isn't the only element when it comes to sustainability so mm. then i started talking about reducing plastic packaging 
waste. And then that was just a big can of worms that opened. And now I talk about everything from sustainable fashion through to conscious consumption, food, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a long old journey and I'm very open in saying that I'm not perfect. There's so many elements exactly. of my life where yeah. I don't nail it. Like travel is a huge part of my career and travel yeah. is unsustainable. Um, but I just try and balance that out with everything else that I do online. So. No, exactly. And the yeah. great thing with Zana is you show it, you tell us. Yeah. And if you, if you fuck up, yes, we can swear. <laughs> then you, you, you talk about it. It's not like you shy away and you don't want to be that perfect. And as you said, when you just entered, uh, you know, talking about yourself and all that stuff, you are, it's, you're not in your face. You're actually mm. teaching us every time we go on your, on your uh, Instagram or on your website, we learn something. And that's what's so exciting about you. And that's how, why, what I mean by you empower women in everything that you do. Mm. And, and, and I was going to ask you about your, your plant-based diet, if it's, if it was also a moral issue for the animal welfare or, or if it was really just an environmental um, it started off being environmental and then basically what happened was I put my boyfriend on this mission of babe together let's source ethical sustainable slow raised grass-fed organic mm. pasture blah 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 meat um, so I put him on this mission and we spent like weeks trying to find the right meats and things like that and we ordered things from different um, local farmers and then eventually it's, it took me like six weeks to get to a point where I'd found a meat sauce that I was happy with. I ordered the meat. I got the chicken. It was a full chicken that I was going to roast. And then I just couldn't put it in the oven. Mm. I was like, no, no, there's a, there's an ethical side now. I've thought about it so much that I had made the connection and, um, I just couldn't eat meat. And then that was, that was that. I just, the chicken was given to my housemate <laughs> and, um, I didn't eat meat again. So yeah, the ethical connection is actually what tipped me over the edge to be fully vegetarian because sustainability wise you can if you look at the eat lancet report you can still eat a very 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 small portion of meat i think it's like 33 grams a day or something which is minuscule um and to to maintain a sustainable diet for the planet um so i was justifying to myself if i'm doing it purely for sustainability i can still eat meat but then once i made the ethical connection i was like that's it. Nah. And also now the way I see it is every single person in the Western world needs to adopt a plant focused diet, but not every single person in the Western world is going to do that. Um, so I kind of feel like I'm happy to make the sacrifice and be fully vegan to balance out Steve from Bradford, who doesn't want to give up his bacon sarnie on a, sa on a Saturday. Right. So I kind of feel like I'm willing to make that sacrifice and not everybody else is. So I'm happy to go fully vegan or 99% vegan to balance out the people who aren't willing to make changes. Um, I hope that everybody will make a change, but I am very realistic in my approach and I know that not everybody will. So I'm happy to make sure that I make the most changes that I can. That makes well, sense. well, hallelujah. Well said. Amen <laughs> to that. I try my best. Yeah, I was, uh, I did go um, vegetarian. I did mm -hmm. continue eating meat for three years. Not meat. What am I saying? Fish. Oh, yeah. Pesky. For three years. Uh, and and then I, I had to stop eating gluten. I cannot eat gluten. And so I was no dairy, no gluten, no meat. I'm like, what am I going to do? So yeah. I kind of swayed off the the wagon right now um but i'm really uh adamant that i want to come back to more plant-based diet and yeah but i'm just worried of going full on you don't have to go full on yeah. um you really don't and ultimately that so basically 
I read a statistic recently that if you're vegan for breakfast and lunch, then have a small portion of animal products at dinner, that's actually more sustainable than a fully vegetarian diet that's heavy on dairy. Um, so if you Jeez. if you just yeah, go, exactly. yeah, because that's uh -huh. from cows, which Oof, is the most no, high no, no, implication. No. So if you just go vegan breakfast and lunch and then have like your small portion of fish or meat or some dairy, et cetera, at dinner, that is a sustainable diet for the planet. And that is more sustainable than being fully vegetarian but heavy on dairy so i that's what i'm advocating for because i know not everybody's going to be willing to go all the way so i'm like if you can just eat plant-based breakfast and lunch and then have your animal products at dinner please that's amazing and then it means you don't miss out on anything as well and i think exactly. that's what people worry about like oh i just want to have my bacon and i'm like yeah. okay but can you eat plant-based the two meals of the day and yeah. then that's amazing progress so. did you manage to uh, convince your parents for example my parents are probably that diet that I just explained. Aww. To be fair, no, probably vegetarian four days a week, fully vegetarian. And then they eat meat. And then they pig out. Sorry. No, no they, they, don't, they don't pig out. So they don't really eat any red meat anymore. Oh, um, they've good. pretty much given up red meat for sustainability reasons. But I think they occasionally have chicken. My dad doesn't eat fish because he's a scuba diver and fish are his friends. Um, so he doesn't eat fish, but mum does. So they basically have massively, massively, massively reduced. And they say that it's because obviously I come home and um, they have to cook vegan for me. And it's really opened their eyes up to all of the amazing, delicious food you can make that's plant-based. So, yeah. Are you an only child? I'm one of two. One of two. Yeah, Who's yeah, yeah. tall as well. This is the water we, we were talking about earlier. I don't earlier. know if you can hear that, but it's very ambient. Very um, ambient. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, my brother is older than me and he's six foot, probably the same height as me, six foot two. Yeah. Ah, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your parents are tall? My mum is 5'10". My dad is 6'4". So they're very tall. They're very tall. Yeah. So you were destined. Uh, destined. Destined yeah. to be a, a lady, a large lady. <laughs> no, a long, long lady. Long lady. Yeah. <laughs> Graceful, so I like to say. Um, you also talk about your uh, how you organize your your life basically because uh -huh. you're a solopreneur. That's the word they like to use in the states right now, apparently. Okay. Uh, you you're extremely organized. I'm very organized, and it's again. Do you find it for you um, being uh, plant based, uh, having a plant based diet? Do you find it empowering to have all your shit together, basically, you know, have yeah. everything for a reason, have a more purposeful life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think just the way that I'm built as a human being is very, very, very organized. And and you were always like that or did you have to learn to be like that? I taught for your myself job? to be like that. Uh, basically, I was sorry about this water, guys. Yeah. I was um, I didn't really used to be that organized. And then I decided that I was going to get a first at university. And then <laughs> I was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to work really hard. Yeah. So then I just made myself a morning person, made myself a scheduled person, made myself yeah, an wait, organized person. When we talk about morning person, we're talking about 5 a.m., you guys. Okay? Yeah, yeah, um, not, yeah. Not just seven. No, I would literally at university get up at five, go to the gym and then be in the silent studio at the library until like 8, 9 p.m. But I just... I made myself do that because I'd set myself the goal and then that mm. created the habits within me that now it's just the way I am and I physically feel like I can't not be like this. <laughs> I can't not be organized because then I just feel lost. So organization is the structure in which my life is built and I feel like I need it um, for my sanity. So yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to be really organized just to feel happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and every day do you work out, um, you work out every day? No, I probably work out 
mm, five days a week, four, five, depends on my schedule. Yeah. Um, for yeah. an hour? Uh, no, this morning I worked out for about 30 minutes, 35. Right. So you do that as well. Yeah, yeah. I do these things as well. And like, you know, better get 20, even 20, 30 minutes in oh, yeah. than nothing at all. Oh yeah. It completely depends. So I'm following my own program at the moment. Um, and the program that Number I have. Two. Yeah. So strong and sculpted. <laughs> and then the weights workouts are like 45 minutes and the cardio is like between 15 and 30. So this morning I did a cardio. So I think yeah. that's what I like about your workouts is that your cardio are Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Yeah. Exactly. Short and sweaty. Short and sweaty. Yeah. So, yeah, this morning I just did a a 30 minute workout. So, I don't put pressure on myself. It's very, very, very rare that I'm in the gym an hour. Usually it's right. it's 45 minutes as a yeah, usual workout. So yeah. Yeah, but that's smart. Yeah, in and out, get it done. And if done. you're efficient and you um don't take too long a rest period, you can easily do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So um I like also to talk about if there's you're an extremely confident person, I know everybody has figured that out at this point. Um, if there was a uh, one or two tips or tools that you could share with the uh, listeners um, on how you garnered that that confidence you do mention that you never were lit- um, bullied or you never had real comments when you were growing up do mm. you find that that has helped you uh, to create the space in your mind to become a confident person from the get-go or did you do you find that there's the way you were brought up on the farm maybe mm. or There's no, so, one or two tools. <clears throat> I actually was very heavily bullied <laughs> at school oh, and yes. uni. Um, but not uni? N- yeah, at uni. God, girls are crazy. Um, but nothing to do with my height. It was just people being nasty people. Um, but I actually think that made me be a nicer person. As in, I would never, ever, ever want to hurt anyone else, make anybody else feel small. And I also think it built a resilience in me that I realized like, no matter how nice you are, people still aren't going to like you. Um, so I've just kind of, I think it helped me come to a place of acceptance that like, you can't please everyone. Right. And I'm so glad that I learned that early on, early on. because yeah, as, as a part of the job that I have now, I'm in front of an audience of hundreds of thousands of people every day. And, yeah. and Not that many people, not everybody in that whole group is going to agree with me and support me and want the best for me. So I, I'm so glad that I learned that lesson before I became a blogger because you're constantly exposed to people who don't agree with you when you work in the online world. So yeah, I think the most important thing for me is accepting that like, as I think it's that quote, like you can be the ripest, juiciest peach and somebody's not going to like peaches. And exactly. No matter how nice you are, no matter how lovely you are, no matter how good your intentions are somebody's not going to like you and that's their issue it's, it's their not yours business. exactly yeah and I often think if somebody's trying to bring you down or say something nasty to you mm-hmm. it's a reflection of something that's going on in their own head because happy people don't bring down other people successful and happy people yes exactly like as what's that quote empowered women empower women so if you're feeling good and you're feeling confident you're going to support other women and if you're not feeling good and confident you're going to try and bring them down so if people try and make me feel bad I just feel sorry for them I'm like what a shame it must be to feel like you want to bring somebody else down because I don't feel like that so yeah I think busy. it's just yeah I'm way too busy to yeah. worrying about that sort of stuff so I just feel like yeah focus on the fact that only you you can only control your own feelings and you have absolutely zero responsibility for how other people feel about you like that's their choice and you can't control that so just focus on being your best self and that's all you can do yeah well said (laughs) no but it's true it's hard to sometimes know that you have 
all the tools in your in your being in your in yourself basically mm. to and you just have to tap to you know remove all the noise and just tap into your own power which we all have exactly mm. exactly so you did mention that you did a uh, fashion blogging about fashion but what are your top five brands that you turn to and I know you're trying not to shop like you are you shopping in your closet right now yeah right now I'm only really <laughs> buying from sustainable brands and that makes it even harder harder for yeah. tall girls <laughs> oh my god what's the shoe size do you have oh I'm quite good with shoes I'm only a seven and a half which oh, makes shit, it well, English what's that I don't seven know and a half goodness 41 I don't know I don't know but it's not bad so I'm, I'm fine with shoes um but clothing wise if I was going to say fast fashion so you can buy fast fashion secondhand on shops like Depop um so I would say, please don't buy fast fashion firsthand, um, but go on like Depop, Topshop Tall um, has amazing jeans that have like inside leg 36 inch. I know. Dreamy. Yeah. I'm wearing Topshop yeah. jeans right now. Um, so yeah, Topshop jeans. But you buy them jeans. at the store or you buy them online? Um, they don't have it in the store, do they? They do have them in store. Oh, in London in the they do. Circus one in yeah, London. Exactly. Um, and sometimes in other branches they have the tall yeah. but really small section. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would always say US, buy no. that secondhand if you can, just because top shops ethics aren't the best. Um, and then other tall things. But don't they have Topshop? Don't they have? I mean, I went on their website and they do have some kind of a conscious collection. Conscious collection. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. It's a bit of greenwashing, Is really. It? Um, I mean, you know what? The fact that brands like Topshop are doing a conscious collection is is amazing yeah. because it means that the general population are demanding more conscious products. However, the fact that Topshop and other brands um, release like new pieces of clothing every single day is, I know. is unsustainable. Um, so the I mean, the fashion industry if, represents what twenty percent of uh, global emissions. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you are somebody who struggles with getting clothing and you're, for example, very tall or you're plus size and you try and find it hard to find clothing that fits you, and you struggle to find things secondhand, etc., then the mo you can shop at the more conscious collections at these high street brands, but I think that should always be the last resort. The first resort is buying secondhand or shopping your wardrobe, and then it's shopping from sustainable brands, and the final resort is buying from high street brands. So that's what I always suggest. That's tough. Uh, it is really hard, especially when you're and you're tall and you find it hard to find things that fit you, like me. Uh -huh. um, but this jumper I'm wearing today <laughs> is from a brand called Cezanne. Uh, yeah, which is I a, love them. The yeah, French like yeah, yeah. Parisian sustainable brand, yeah. which I think is amazing. Uh, Reformation, they're yeah. tall. I mean, it's very expensive. Brace yourself, but um, their dresses fit me really well. Yeah, um, but again, you might as well buy one on, dress and make that fits you well mm -hmm. than buying three dresses from High Street that sort of fit you because you're sort of desperate to find things that fit you. Exactly. When you're tall, so, so I'd say. <clears throat> Reformation, Cezanne. So I'm naming quite expensive um, sustainable brands, but buy one piece and make it last forever. Yeah. And then for jackets, the jacket that I'm wearing today is from a brand called Elementi. It's a Polish brand and everything's handmade in Warsaw. And the length is amazing on my arms. It's like the perfect size for tall girls. So Elementi, just element with a Y on the end. And um, do you find it online? Yeah, I just did some digging for like sustainable coats. And then... Sustainable. So this is sustainable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, you just got to do a bit of digging. That's the mm. thing. Um, the, but this you know people risk. are not going to dig, so you need to tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just but, tell um, us. Suzanne <laughs> Reformation and Elementi, I would say. And then after that, go on Depop. Go on. Um, so Depop is a place where you can buy secondhand items and put in like ASOS tall, Topshop tall, 
H&M, I don't know if H&M do a tall range, whatever shop. Put they tall. do 34 inches uh, oh, inseam. That ain't is, enough for me. No, me neither. But put in tall on Depop and you will find things. There's also a really good secondhand Instagram account called One Scoop Store. Huh. Um, and she digs out designer items and um, basically like curates really good designer pieces and sells them secondhand for really cheap. Um, so she's amazing. And then I would also recommend if you want to get a designer piece, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily just for tall girls, but Vestiaire Collective. Do you know Vestiaire Collective? I know f- through you because yeah. you're carrying this beautiful bag, I don't know, on some Givenchy of your pictures. One. Yeah, Givenchy, exactly. Yeah, but I got it from Vestiaire. Yeah. So Vestiaire is an amazing website to get secondhand designer pieces. My Givenchy was about a third of the original price and it was hardly used. Um, so that's a really good sustainable way to get designer mm-hmm. items. So yeah, those would be my well recommendations. Yeah, I just try and try and shop better. But if I'm honest, if I do want to get a pair of jeans and I can't find Topshop Tall on Depop, I will buy a fresh pair from Topshop. Um, but I will only do that maybe once a year. So it's not like a, I'm not buying new jeans all the time, you know, because jeans last for years. So yeah, it's they just, do. Re- just reducing just don't gain consumption. Weight. <laughs> just continue yeah. doing Sculpt Guide from Zana and, and you'll, you'll not you'll gain weight. Fine. And you'll, you'll be, be fine. fine. Those jeans are going to last you. Exactly. What is next for Zana? What's next for me? Yeah. Um, I know well, you have a lot have, of travel. Yeah, we've got London Fashion Week um, next week for Stay Wild Swim. Yay. So that's exciting. So yeah, we're at London Fashion Week again, which is going to be amazing. We're exhibiting um, all about our sustainable But swimwear. you said you wrote a book already. Are, are, you, are you seeing in your future another book? Um, probably not another hard copy book because, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, but for now, I'm really enjoying taking everything in house and producing everything myself and doing it digitally. I just like having the control. Um, and when I released a real in inverted commas book, um, you hand over so much control to a publisher. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I create my own digital products, the control is a hundred percent mine. Um, and also the profit is a hundred percent. So I would rather do that than go to a external publisher. The only reason you would really do a hard copy book would be for the PR, uh, cause obviously you can get on telly and in magazines, yeah, yeah. etc. Which um, helped you, I'm sure at the beginning. So yeah, that happened with my original book, Yeah, but I'm just kind of like, I'm not, I, I mean, everybody loves a bit of PR, but I'm not, that's not what drives me. Um, hmm. so yeah, I'd rather just retain full control and be able to produce what I'm really passionate about without having somebody else look over my shoulder you know do you you want to do more talks i guess i would do more talks i'm doing i'm trying to do a few more sustainability focused ones so i'm doing one this month for the wwf which i'm really excited Yay. about so yeah i'm just trying to do do a, a real mix of topics i'm also doing a talk about female finances next week so yeah i'm doing talks about a whole host of subjects so there you have it everyone if you want to feel empowered by this powerhouse I mean, really just go into her Instagram and her website. Where can people find you? Just at Zana Van Dyke. So Van Dyke is V-A-N-D-I-J-K because people seem to find that very baffling. I'm half Dutch. So yeah, it's a bit of a bizarre name, but no, Zana it's not Van bizarre, Dyke. but I didn't know how to pronounce it. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. that you're... Zana Van Dyke across social media, YouTube. Right. I have a website where I post an article a week, have a newsletter. I got everything. I'm everywhere. So you'll find me. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. There you have it, Zana van Dyke. What a joy to have met her. I'm telling you, she is a superstar and she is definitely one to follow. So check her out. And I'm going to leave you today with another one of my UK picks. As long as I'm in the UK, I want to be saying goodbye to you with my favorite songs. And this is definitely one of them, Giant from Calvin Harris with Rag and Bone. 
Big, big kiss to you all, and see you next week.